Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of The Record Spinner with Noel. Today I'm going to be talking about some stuff that I think the record community needs to really think about. When I first started digging, uh, I wasn't a fan of buying records. The, the reissues um, at like $45 a pop. $50 for a reissue, right? A, a reissued Mad Villain record, Mad Villainy record. A, a reissued Miles Davis 50th anniversary, 25th anniversary, whatever anniversary. Wasn't a fan of that. Just wasn't a fan of buying expensive records. I lived and died by one code. Cheap, good music. And not cheap as in like bad music, right? Not not thinking about like, uh, you know, buying some like $2 like, you know, uh, like freaking uh, Deep Purple record. Even though, you know, a Deep Purple record is going to be pretty good even if it is $2. That's, that would actually be a record I would buy. Let me stop. <laughs> that is, that's actually the epitome of what I do uh, or what I did pre-COVID. Now that we're in the days of COVID, entering the zombie apocalypse that's bearing down on us as we speak. Interesting times we live in. Now I'm forced to buy expensive records. In fact, that's kind of all I can do. Uh, I have to wait like two checks, pretty much, to be able to splurge maybe a hundred to two hundred dollars on a few records a few good records mind you a few records that i've had on my to get list for a really long time but the only difference is i've never been able to have enough scratch to get these records because i refuse to yield my going to the record store and dropping a hundred and fifty dollars on like 30 or 40 records that i found in a record store um, I refuse to do the opposite, which is, you know, spend $150 on four records that, you know, happen to be really good, really high up on my want list. Um, but like I said, yeah, I, I, I didn't want that trade off. Um, and, and I think that's a fair conversation, right? I think there are a few people, unless you're absolutely filthy rich, which it seems like every digger is every vinyl collector is like this i always imagine the scene off of pulp fiction right when he when he goes into the house of 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 i can't remember the the i want to call her i'm gonna look at the cast here give me a second uma thurman when he goes into uma thurman's place and he sees this like nice music setup this is what i think of with all collectors i think that they are all uma thurman's essentially in pulp fiction that have this expensive elaborate music record turntable setup and this elaborate cocaine habit and this elaborate home where the acoustic is so perfect um i, I didn't have that unfortunately i shared the studio apartment with my girlfriend at the time and i i'm still broke but now i'm not as broke let's just say that right um 
I think the and I think a big reason is because I'm not going out and spending a lot on records anymore. I'm having to, you know, actually look at the fact that I'm spending a lot more money on these records than I ought to to be spending on records. It's a thing that can take a lot of I think people of color out of collecting records. I'm not saying that we're not into big or we're not big into collecting records. I know that there are a lot of record collectors and DJs who are of color and who do it better than anybody else out there. And I consider myself one of them, honestly. And I'm just putting myself out there. But at the end of the day, I want people to realize that it's not a snarky, snooty, cokey habit to have to be a record collector. I think it's a very down to earth and 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 there's another type, right? Like so, I, I just thought about this guy, but you know, and he is he is a very common personality in the record community, and it's the, it's the older elder statesman, and I say elder statesman, uh, I don't mean he's a politician. I just mean the fact that this guy's just uh he's just a wealth of knowledge of like just genuine knowledge you could tell it's like pre-google right pre-google and wikipedia knowledge of like record dates record or show times uh lineups if he's into jazz like i had a, a had a spiritual mentor back in my last apartment complex who just knew everything there was to know about john coltrane um, and I'm talking about lineups, I'm talking about dates played, I'm talking about uh, albums albums released, uh, what albums featured on, I, stuff that I just, I, I didn't even know John Coltrane did, he knew, and uh, he schooled me on a lot of that stuff, and so that's another one, right, and, and typically he's white, I was lucky enough to have a black guy like that, but typically he's white, in the, probably retired from the music industry, um, probably uh yeah probably retired from the music industry probably a uh, former executive or A&R or some weird position that used to exist but no longer exists now um and so now he spends his time traveling the world and collecting records which is what my life was supposed to be but uh unfortunately the internet popped off right when I was getting to my calling um which is unfortunate and unfortunate because actually it made it made my job kind of a little bit more easier. At the same time, it just kind of eradicated the whole industry itself. Um, I think I would have made a great A&R. Unfortunately, A&Rs aren't a thing um, anymore. I mean, they are technically, but I mean, it's it might as well be. Uh, I might as well keep my nonprofit job, <laughs> being an A&R, because uh, it's it's kind of the same thing. Um, it's interesting though. It is, um, and he was a very interesting, re- interesting guy. And the dynamics of, of the of the of the culture, of of collecting vinyl, and being into into that type of music, um, I think they were they're 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 heavily weighted on these two on these two um, on these two opposites, right? Um, and, and again, like, uh, there's no, there's no shots fired at the, at the Coke heads who collect and who are wealthy because of their parents or because of their partner or because of whatever, and who spend all their time, you know, snorting Coke and listening to great music. That is an awesome life. And I mean, a little bit of jealousy, sure, but I'm not mad at you. Like Tupac said, right? Like, I, I ain't mad at you. I can't be mad at you. Um, I want that. 
but I don't have that. Um, I can smoke a little weed, drink a little Kvassier every now and again, which, not Kvassier, but Cognac, I'm sorry. Uh, I kind of equate the two, right? That's what I'm drinking now. Some Cognac and some mango juice. It's pretty good. So, yeah. So, recently I've been buying into the philosophy of the reissue and, and the repress and the new records and uh, and the contemporary music i've been finding some good stuff um into the the type of music that i'm into as contemporary is like i said i've said this before sample heavy um if it's not in the hip-hop genre um i like live instruments i like the instrumentation so i like a lot of jazz i still like i still listen to a few indie indie bands here and there if i can find them that are actually using instruments and not synth, all synth of course um, I'm thinking about you, Fleet Foxes, even though you're not that indie anymore, Fleet Foxes. They dropped a new album recently, which is okay. I haven't listened to it all the way through. That's why I'm saying it's okay. Um, but uh, once I do, I might actually do a review. You know who I'm thinking about now doing a review? It is the busiest man in music. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but he has pretty much made a living. He was one of the first guys to kind of explode onto the review scene of YouTube. He's a really cool guy. Uh, I can't I can't make up his name right now, and this is not on purpose. This is totally because of the liquor and the um, just the the busyness of my day that I'm coming right off of just to go right into my podcast here. So, excuse me for not knowing your name, sir, but you uh, you did great videos, great reviews, uh, reviewed a lot of music uh, groups and genres and, and, and spaces that I intend to cover here on my own channel, my own platform. Um, so, so kudos to you. Um, yeah. So I I really wanted to talk about a few, uh, records I bought recently. Um, one of the records I bought recently was the reissue of MF Doom's mm, Food, which is, uh, arguably, uh, his second, second most acclaimed work. Um, I would say it may swap places with Mad Villainy on, on any given day based on the content and the artistry of the work. I think it could definitely swap with number one. Um, it, it, some may say it's tied with number one. Some may say it swaps. Some may say it's, it's a clear number two. Whatever, whatever you floats your boat. They came out the same year originally, two thousand and four, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, I found that album in two thousand and seven, and this is when I graduated college, uh, high school. So, um, so I found that record. A friend of mine actually, who was a PK, pastor's kid. He was a huge Boondocks fan, and he kind of put me on the Boondocks as well. Uh, this is back in 2006, 2005. Uh, he put me on to Boondocks, and of course, like hearing some of the music that, that was featured on that amazing, groundbreaking show, which, by the way, would fit totally. We need Aaron Magruder's genius right now in this day and age with all of the shit that's going on. Why isn't Aaron Magruder, people are talking about Dave Chappelle. Why isn't Dave Chappelle doing more material? Fuck Dave Chappelle. Why isn't Aaron Magruder writing something right now? I know he is, obviously. He's a writer, so. And as a writer, I know. I don't write nearly as well as Aaron, but as a writer, I know. He's somewhere in a cave right now, either coming out of um, a sex 
slash masturbation thing and and or going into that and he probably just wrote something on either side of that uh, that is breathtakingly amazing so I can't wait to see it um anyway back to the point so so I've, uh, he, he introduced me to the show um, uh, there was an episode I can't think of the episode right now uh, but it was one of the, the episodes with uh, two of my favorite characters Charlie Murphy's character and uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character who, pl- who, who they both play white guys who get away with every fucking thing they ever do because they're, uh, well, one of their father is, uh, one of theirs father is, um, Ed Wunsler, who is the big tycoon of the town and owns essentially all of, of, of the town of Woodcrest, I think is the town name. Um, and yeah man that I, the they were robbing a bank i heard this this doom song this beat it was bad villainy of course and the rest is history like I, again I, I didn't fall right in love with it i just thought it was like something no it, sound, it sounded good with the, you know how people pay attention to like music on tv and stuff right like, it was like oh whatever like cool like <laughs> that worked well with the scene like, uh, but it wasn't until like right around getting the college orientation, freshman orientation, when I get settled into college, of course, that I go back and this is right before I get my gig at the radio station at college. Uh, I go back and I dig through some old stuff. You know how college kids are. Right? You're unpacking and you're packing and unpacking like half of your life, essentially, at any given moment. And so I'm unpacking and packing something, maybe whatever. Uh, and I come across the, the box set of the Boondocks. I go put it in, go to watch it. I'm chilling, smoking, of course, smoking weed. And I hear the song, and I'm like, bro, like, how did I not, like, how do I not know who these, who, how do I not know who this is right now? Like, and so, of course, I go and, you know, do some homework and figure out who it is on the internet, of course. And, uh, and like I said, the rest is history from there. Um, but it took about a, like a year and a half, maybe before I, I did that and before it actually set in like before it was just like doom was just like whatever like and and i say that because honestly doom is one of those uh artists who you 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 will miss i think uh, there are a lot of artists like this i'm thinking about cats like i mean not tech non immortal technique i'm thinking about cats like cats like that right like cats that aren't like their personality isn't so gravitating and i don't mean that in in a bad way. I mean that in a way that's like they seem super standoffish, right? But their person it's it's because they they allow their art to speak for them essentially. And so Doom does everything in his music that he, that these artists do in real life. Like he's he's essentially a musical Kanye, if you will. And let me explain. So Kanye has many personalities, right? He has he has the woke Kanye, which is very beginning Kanye, right? Old Kanye. Everyone wants old Kanye back. He has the woke Kanye. He has the destroyer, the, 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 the cat that like no one likes and everyone loves to hate. And just like the silly buffoon character that like is like somehow some evil genius type, right? He has that part of Kanye, right? Then he has the chill part. He has like just, just like just got it like even still after all the stupid shit he says, like he still seems like a pretty chill guy. Like clearly off, clearly has some mental disorders, and I respect Kanye in all sense of the words. He was the guy who put me back in the rap genre, listening to it when he came out. 
and started rapping. I was only in high school and I, I, I was a staunch indie alternative rock fan and he put me back into the rap column. Him and Common single-handedly. Those two artists put me back in the in the column of fans of rap. Um, so I can't disrespect the guy. But Doom essentially is that and music. But his person, when you see him in the interviews or even in some of his music, you miss some of that. You may miss it because he's monotone, because he's not as excitable, because you actually have to listen to the words he's saying. All the bullshit that like society kind of like grooms you not to do. Like you're always about the aesthetic. You're always looking at what's on the outside or what a person's uh, uh, what a person's looking like they're doing or looking like they're saying. You're never actually focused on what the person's actually saying or what the person's actually doing. It's always perception. So Doom took that to a whole nother level. And I, I appreciate the artistry because honestly, even though, I, and I like to joke and say he ruined rap for me, it ruined it in a good way. Because, I mean, I, I have a higher bar for lyrics and for content because I understand, I think, the height of it, the, the like the apex of it. Like you can take a guy like Doom who, who also probably has some mental disorders, right? And I think he, I think he's very open about that, unlike Kanye. Um, but, uh, but yeah, has some, has some issues, has some things going on, and he takes that and puts it in art, as opposed to making it about drama, as opposed to going around saying, "Oh, uh, Donald Trump is my dad," like, as opposed to saying shit like that, he goes and just makes really amazing music that I feel like still conveys the the point of him being damaged him being imperfect him being uh underrepresented or, or unrepresented even in his own existence but he can he does it in the music he doesn't make a and that's his whole stick right his whole stick is like it's not about like that's why he wears the mask that's why he just wears bummy clothes it's just like Bro, like we've gotten way too much, we've gotten way too fixated on what it looks like, and not what it is anymore. And and I'm, I'm totally with them on that. Like, it, especially hip hop, it's it's kind of ushered in this whole persona non grata of like just it. It's about what you look like, and 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 I get it. I get it. Like it 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 appeals to the masses because the masses are by and large thinking on a smaller scale, thinking on a lower level, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it, it doesn't work. And so for me, it doesn't work for me. And so it, it, it becomes very dull. It becomes very boring. I'm not saying that all mainstream music sucks because there is totally good songs out there, totally catchy stuff that I listen to all the time because I play video games. I like all that stuff. I hear it all the time in the modern video games. I hear it all the time, like NBA 2K and stuff like that. I hear all the new rap so I, I, I hear it and I like it. it it's, it's good stuff. But it's good in the way that like... It's good in the way that like McDonald's nuggets are good. Or the way that like McDonald's fries are good. Like it's, it's good in like this very unfulfilling way. And it just kind of leaves you one more. Like with, with me... a, a symbol of a great artist is when I listen to one song and I have to go and listen to other songs. 
I never have that urge with any of the music. It's just catchy. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, this is a good, catchy song. I'm not going to go look up who the fuck Young Jeezy 128 or uh, what's the kid now everyone talking about Pop Smoke. I'm not going to go look at uh, what Pop Smoke is doing or whatever. No disrespect to him. Heard some of his songs from, of course, video games, like I said. Great songs, catchy songs, cool songs. But, yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, okay. That's kind of how I felt in 2004, to wrap it all, to wrap a pretty bow in it. Like, I mean, minus the, the greatness that's behind it. But, you know, it's kind of how I felt what in 2004 watching the Boondocks. Like, well, well, it's good music for the setting, but I'm not going to go search for this. Not at all. It's been another episode. I'm en- I've, en- I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I've enjoyed getting to talk with you. I'll see you for another one soon. Deuces.